Welcome to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Uh, I'm pleased to uh, have as my guest again, uh, Brad Sorensen, who is a Chartered Financial Analyst, CFA. He's a group of CFA consultants uh, that serve our firm uh, for assisting us and guiding us with what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the markets, so that we can make informed decisions for managing our clients' portfolios. Um, Brad, we've been working together. We actually meet every week, and this has been going on for about a year, first of probably many. So thank you for joining us again, Brad. Glad to be here. Looking All forward right. to it. Good, good, good. So what we're going to talk about today is the case for a recession and a case against a recession. Uh, I personally believe that the case for a recession far exceeds the case against, but We'll leave my opinions out of this for a moment. So there are two clear indicators that I've always believed in that are indicators of a recession, and that is an inverted yield curve and leading economic indicators. So if we could take a peek at the first slide, this shows, it, it, you see inverted, what it really is is the definition of an inverted yield curve is, is the yield on a 10-year treasury higher or lower than that of the shorter durations? The natural uh, curve would be that as the, in, as the, like think about a CD, if you bought a one-year CD, two-year, five-year, the longer you go out, the higher it should pay. Well, inverted means that you're going to buy a two-year CD and get less than a one-year CD. And so the inverted yield curve, and this is what this is showing, is when the two-year is higher, it's below that line. And if you take a look at every single area that is shaded, and that's the vertical region on the shaded region, everywhere where you see that, it was immediately preceded by the 10-year being a lower rate or having an inverted yield curve. All right, I got that all out of me. So you can mm -hmm. see that we went negative, what was it, July of last year? Yeah, July of last year. Okay, and so every single time we went negative, sometimes it's a little blip and sometimes it's a big blip, but I'll tell you what, you have to go an awfully long ways backwards before you see a big blip below and extended as long as it is. And the only thing that you don't see is a shaded region to the right of it. But boy, I'll tell you what, it's barking and begging for it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it does, um, based on history. And, and you can see by looking at the chart as well that there is a, a timing difference sometimes. What it, People will say that the curve indicates that there will be a recession, but not when it will be. It can be right. in the next... You know, once it inverts, it can be in a month, it can be in six months, it can be in a year. So the timing mechanism of it isn't really perfect, but it doesn't mean it's five years off. So there is a a timing issue, and I think that's part of what we're seeing now. But no, it definitely, based on history, argues for a recession at some point this year, I would say, based on the timing of the previous ones. 
Well, and to be clear, the inverted yield curve is not causing the recession. It's kind of an indicator that a recession is coming down the pike. Uh, this chart doesn't also show the uh, 10 year versus the three month. And the 10 year versus the three month, I believe was breached in also late last year. I wanna say September, but I, I'm not certain of that. Mm. But still, the concept still remains the same. Near the end of 2022, the three month and the 10 year breached inverted. And I heard that, um, heard a speaker talk on that issue that every single time when it breached an inverted yield curve to three months, that with one exception where it breached it for one day and came back again, that we went into a recession between eight and 14 months later, which we're past eight months, and that the average is 12 months later, which again, all these indicators, it doesn't say anything, it's not the cause for anything, but my goodness, you know, it's, it's kind of implying or suggesting that we are heading into a, a recession. Well, yeah, it's doing, the curve is demanding that we go into a recession, basically. It's forecasting that because, yeah, its track record is pretty good. Um, there's always, and if you go back in history, there's been excuses. It's different this time is the phrase that people yeah, use. Yeah, I love that. Um, I don't like that phrase because it's really never different. Um, but, you know, it's different because of the war. They're different because of COVID. It inverted because of Fed. It was tightening for the inflation but there's still a lot of money out there so all of those things when you hear people talk about their don't buy into that that's kind of the excuses people give but there's just know that there's been reasons for it inverting every time where people say well it's inverting this time because of this that's why there won't be a recession so those arguments have been in every one of those shaded areas they've made those arguments right it is funny it's different this time it's this the, yeah, the always, words that always, always make the hair stand up <laughs> but uh it is it actually is different every time specifically what's going on but fundamentally it's not different and ultimately the 10-year being low implies that people are fearing where we're going to be going and that's kind yes. of the indicator right there so the second one is my favorite, and that's the leading economic indicators. And you know, you, to your point in the prior episode, you referred to the job market being uh, some facets of the job market are a lagging indicator and some are a leading indicator. Initial jobless claims being an, a leading indicator. Well, this is, you know, it kind of tells us where we're going. And here again, if you take a look at each of the shaded regions, this is going back since 2000. The shaded regions represent the times that we were in a recession. And when the leading indicators went negative, all of a sudden, whammo, the recession comes trailing very shortly behind. And I've seen charts like this that go back uh, over 40, 50 years and gosh darn it, the relationship between leading ind economic indicators going negative with a recession trailing behind has been 100% again. Yeah, and it just makes intuitive sense that it would be because these are what's called leading indicators. So they indicate where the economy will be in the next three to six months. They are such things as, you know, 
this is a composite of indicators that are out there. They just conglomerate them that are considered leading, like new orders from different sectors of the economy, um, building permits. You can see that like builders, if they think things are going well, they're gonna apply for more builder permits out there. Um, and we talked about initial jobless claims. If employers think things are gonna go well, they won't lay people off. If they think things are gonna go poorly, they'll start to lay people off. So those are all play into the leading indicators and why it has been such a good historical predictor of when a recession comes. Yep, and, and I think we're going to bring this up again, um, that one of those 10 leading economic indicators is the stock market. Okay, how the stock yes. market performed over the prior month compared to the month prior to it. And that is something that we're going to talk about in another episode coming up, where we're going to be sort of projecting out. But the... Um, Shoot, I forgot what I was going to say as it pertains to the LEIs. Oh, so LEIs come out every month, kind of like the middle of the month, somewhere around the 15th or so. Um, these are a very, very sharp drop. And so I know what I was going to say is that the of the 10 indicators, okay, and, and we watch them every month. This is the thing that I really, really uh, pay the most attention to of all of the economic data is out of the 10 last month, Eight of them were negative and two of them were flat. And it wasn't that many months ago, maybe four or five months ago, as I recall, out of the 10 leading economic indicators, five of them were positive. And so now we're at the point that there is nothing positive on the leading economic indicators and eight of the 10 are negative. Yeah, we have gotten more negative and more things. And that's what you would kind of expect to see I mean, people, again, if you want to say things are different, and like you said, little things can be different, but the overall macro thing never changes, that interest rate hikes, et cetera, Fed actions, they affect certain areas of the economy first, usually interest rate sensitive, real estate, those kind of things. So you'll see those go negative, and then slowly it'll bleed through to like manufacturing, and then into jobs. So slowly, the all the leading indicators start to turn negative. In a, you rarely see them all go negative at once. It's this gradual process as the economy starts to slow. And that's that's the question right now. How much? There's no doubt the economy is slowing. How much does it slow? Does it push us into a recession, a soft recession, a shallow recession, or something deeper? Right, and that's you know, potentially predicated by the job market. Uh, you had also um, pointed out another slide coming up here is bank tightening as right. being sort of a leading economic or leading indicator of a recession. And here, uh, for the viewers, you can see the shaded regions again are whenever we had a recession and lo and behold, that is directly related to every time we've had a peak and look where we're going now. Can you explain this one, please, Brad? Sure, and this is more both the reaction and sometimes the cause of a recession or at least a partial cause. When banks get concerned about the economy, they start to tighten the, they restrict the amount of money that they lend. They start to hoard cash for a rainy day. They worry about getting paid back because the economy is weakening and they don't know that the businesses will be able to pay them back 
in the future in a recessionary environment or an economic slowing environment. So this is really what banks are seeing. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they see that the economy is slowing and they start to restrict lending, that will further slow the economy because yeah. there's less ability to grow your business, to finance operations, whatever. I do a lot of work with small businesses also and in startups uh, in the biotech space, and they are all, every one of them is having more trouble, a lot more trouble getting funding than they were a year ago. So th that's kind of anecdotal that speaks to this chart. And the banking issues that we've seen lately probably exacerbates that credit tightening, but that all plays into the both the forecasting and the potential causing or worsening of a potential recession. Yep. So there we go. So there's our three sort of indicators of, I guess, cases for a recession on its way, um, which to me personally are a little bit more compelling than the other ones. But, you know, I hate to be the, the, the naysayer and the bearer of bad news and don't shoot the messenger, et cetera, et cetera. You know, certainly want to be able to put, look at it from the opposite side of the coin. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, then we're going to talk about the cases for no recession. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments. Do you keep up regularly with your investments? Where exactly are your hard-earned dollars going? Are you financially prepared for an emergency? I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. We believe that education and knowledge are powerful, and we want our clients to understand why we are making the recommendations that we make. It's your money, and you deserve to know where it's going, because it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. So call us today to dis... Welcome back to Financial Plan and Explained, and we are continuing on uh, with the episode for a case for and a case against recession. Um, again, from my opinion, it seems like the case for a recession is a lot more compelling, but let's talk from both sides and see. Uh, again, I'm um, continued here with uh, Brad Sorensen, who's a chartered financial analyst. Uh, thank you for continuing on, Brad. Um, of course. So, Let's talk about, we actually brought this slide up, the prior episode, which shows initial jobless claims. So this right here, as we talked about, even then, is kind of the case for, hey, you know what? The economy is continuing to hum along. Yeah, and that's, you know, there's this old phrase, it's, you know, depending on which way you want to go. It's a recession when you lose your job. It's a depression when I lose my job. And that's kind of, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's not a recession when I have a job. So right. a lot of people have jobs right now. So most people are saying, well, how can we be in a recession if everybody's working? And I think that's true. That that's one reason we haven't gone into a job because the job market or went into a recession because the job market remains very tight as we talked about in the last episode and you see here with the jobless claims chart that they haven't started they've started to show signs of rising but they haven't risen to a great level they still remain relatively low and that as long as people are working that helps keep us out of a recession the question that we've talked about is how long does that 
hang on? Do companies start to worry about the economic slowing that the LEI indicates that we are having? Um, but there is some excess labor supply out there that needs to be stopped up, so it may delay that process a little bit. Well, and as we also pointed out, 68% of the economy is the consumer. And if the consumer yeah. is working and they have all this money left over still from uh, COVID and stimulus programs and you name it, uh, the consumer's been spending. As long as the consumer's spending, it's keeping the economic machine going. However, you know, where are we going from that? And you know, even though the initial jobless claims have climbed a little bit over the last few months, year to date, um, they're still, as you pointed out, other than pre-COVID, immediately pre-COVID, we have not seen a job market like this in 50 years. That no, is a no, long the job time. The market is extremely strong. And like I said, that's most people would be very happy with that. And I, I don't like to be in this position, but uh, yeah, it's great. But it also, you know, that's part of the inflation cause that we've talked about before. And that's what the Fed is. They're targeting the job market. They will come right out and say it, but that's where they are right now. They want people to lose their jobs because we need to have slack in that labor market. So the consumer is starting to take a lot of hits. The savings rates are being used up that they had accumulated during COVID. The extra benefits that they had gotten during COVID are being eliminated. Um, SNAP programs are being downgraded. All of those things are starting to put pressure on the consumer. That's why I get a little more concerned about the possibility of a recession. But the economy and the U.S. economy has proven that it is very resilient. That the cons one thing the American consumer can do is spend money. <laughs> and they continue to do that. They've shifted from goods-related spending to more service-related spending, but they're still spending. Well, and the other thing, too, um, to your point that you were bringing up, the savings rate is decreasing. Um, I had seen a stat that the credit card debt has been really beginning to mount. And I was, you know, we're constantly on different calls as you are, you know, what's going on in the economy. And apparently there is a panel of three CSO, CEOs, and I want to say MasterCard and Visa and, mm -hmm. and American Express or something, you know, whatever, three major financial institutions that are tracking and they're seeing that the consumer debt is climbing and they're concerned that it's going to meet towards the end of this year whereby the consumer may stop spending because they're, they're straddled with debt. Yeah, and so this is the case, you know, you're making the case for a recession, but I will make the case, <laughs> Oops. Did I do I'll that? try to be the positive one in this case. I, the, the case is that, yeah, the consumer will slow, but instead of going into a recession, and this is the case that most people can buy into because they look at those indicators that we showed in the last segment that the recession's coming, but what we could have is kind of what's called a rolling recession, that we never get into an official recession, we just have really low growth because technology gets hurt first. We've seen a lot of layoffs in the bigger tech sector and that area, but then they stabilize and help to buck up the economy as we go into the next group, manufacturing, and then they stabilize and buck up as we go into some of the consumer names. So we could have this 
kind of elongated slow growth, but we never actually get into a recession. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, the other thing, well, you know, and I don't, by the way, now you know you've said this, and I know we have observed it. It's just that it goes against some of the more compelling, you know, and also the definition of a recession. And I remember a year ago, there is the big, and it became political. Welcome to our, our society that is so politically divided, it's disgusting. But, you know, when we had two consecutive quarters of GDP where it went negative, they were all clamoring, hey, this is a recession and it's the Democrats' fault and blop diddy blop. When, in fact, you know, I, there was sort of the other definition of a recession, which I actually prefer, is it actually looks at all the different phases of the economy and not just two consecutive GDP numbers, of which one of them was, I don't want to say false, but it had an asterisk next to it because there were, you know, the accumulating... Uh, reserves, not reserves, uh, inventories. So Right, and I just want to point out that, yeah, it is political, obviously. Nobody wants to be the administration that presides over a recession. But there is also, and I, <laughs> I hate to give politicians credit, but there is some, I guess, economic basis for them kind of doing that because a recession can be self-fulfilling. If consumers start to get worried about a recession, that we're in a recession, <laughs> then what do they do? They stop spending because they feel they, they need to save and that makes the recession worse or occur. So they wanna keep Americans spending, having them not worry about the economy, not worry about their jobs and continue the economy rolling along. Yeah, and so it's kind of funny how they're all interrelated and it goes to the job market again. You know, if everybody's right. working, they're spending. If everybody's spending, then that's keeping the economy engine going. And therefore, if people are buying stuff, then you need people to be working to pay for the stuff. However, it, it, like the self-fulfilling prophecy that you're talking about, if things start going south, and I'm afraid that in three months I might not have a job, then gosh darn it, I'm gonna slow down my spending. And if I slow down my spending, now it creates the snowball effect in the other direction. So exactly. you're right. So if our viewers want to really help the economy, they'll just keep sending money. Oh, there you go. That's that's what we need to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, consumer confidence. Um, this shows obviously where the consumer confidence dropped like a stone uh, in each of the two prior recessions. The one in 2008, certainly understandable because of the fact that that was such a prolonged recession. Um, I say prolonged recession, I, you know, people, people open up their account statements and they look at their 401ks and they see that they're going down, 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 down. And that has an impact on the consumer confidence. Uh, consumer confidence was impacted by COVID partly because of the fact that there is a tremendous amount of fear. You know, it's not just, am I going to have a job in three months? Am I going to be able to have a breath in three months? And so that is, you know, impacted that. But what you're pointing out here is that consumer confidence, even though it went up and came down, it's kind of seeming to be resilient. Yeah, the consumer remains, you've seen it decline a little bit and that would be expected because all of the stimulus that was out there, all of the positiveness that was out there, that has declined a little bit, but it remains very resilient, remains above 100. That's kind of the dividing line. And that's, now, it typically doesn't really decline until we're in a recession, um, but we haven't seen that yet, which kind of backs up that we're not in a recession as of yet. It's not a really good 
forecasting tool, but it does speak to that for now things remain relatively good and as long as the consumer remains relatively confident like we just talked about they'll continue to spend money now their ability to spend money that that can come into question because they're starting as you mentioned starting to use more debt credit cards those kind of things to facilitate that spending than they did at this time last year and they can only do that so long right Um, but by that time, you know, wages could be increased. There are other things that could happen. It's kind of like kick the can down the road and something yep. good could happen that would forestall the recession. Well, it's also interesting. We've got to wrap up here. It's also interesting, too, how consumer confidence is also very, very much impacted by the media. So, for instance, if the media say, hey, economy's doing great, yay, 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 well, then guess what? I got nothing to worry about. But if all of a sudden the media comes out and says, whoa, we're in a recession, and oh my goodness, and oh no, guess what? That propagates its way into consumer confidence. And so, again, self-fulfilling prophecies where you could see a lot of different things could create a snowball effect. So, Brad, thank you again. Definitely, and the debt ceiling fight that everybody's talking about and continue to talk about and will probably last, will probably dent consumer confidence in the short term. There's always things that could dent the consumer confidence. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Brad, thank you again. Um, Thank you for everyone. Now, the next episode that we're going to be doing on uh, Financial Plan and Explained, also again with Brad, is now we're going to be kind of talking about what's going on in the markets, uh, things that we can look at, uh, trends, and things along that nature. So stay tuned, and we'll be back with you for the next episode. I look forward to having you back. Thank you for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you. Two down.